are on the second show titled 10 Sanity Saving Secrets for Parents. Here's something I found on Pinterest that uh, I think it kind of sums up parenting the best. I am not your friend. I am your parent. I will stalk you, flip out on you, lecture you, drive you insane, be your worst nightmare, and hunt you down when needed because I love you. When you understand that, I will know you're a responsible adult. You will never find someone who loves, prays, cares, and worries about you more than me. This is my promise to you. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I'm your host, Michael Smalley, along with co-host... Seth Johnson. Ah. Does that scare you a little bit? Seeing, you know, like hearing me read that, that was a really cool image posted on Pinterest, but you're not a parent yet. No. So I know all the parents out there are like, oh, amen, brother, <laughs> right. preach it. But like, mm-hmm. how does that make someone feel who's not a parent yet? It just makes me relive my history <laughs> under my parents. <laughs> Is that how your parents were? Uh, I mean, with the not love aspect. Not in a bad way, but yeah, I mean, well, no. No, my parents know, are great. I think the whole thing is fine because no parent is ever going to be perfect. All right, ever. And Wait, so, so... So I'm not going to be? Oh. What you're, I yeah. had hopes. This well, is we, like awkward. It, it, in a little while, we're going to do a series on sociopaths and psychopaths. Just, just pay attention. Okay. Pay attention to that. Do you hear the voices still? <laughs> Only when I'm awake. <laughs> See, you're going to make a great parent because you're already a little bit insane. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. But honestly, though, I want all parents out there, we're giving you 10 sanity-saving secrets, and we're giving you two more today, maybe even a bonus third, but for sure two of them. And this is the truth, though, is, is if you are, like, the best advice I ever got on parenting was from Jim and Suzette Bronner, and they said it'll be the hardest job you've ever done. Because if you're going to be an effective parent, that means you've got to be involved. You do have to follow them. You do have to check their Facebook. You do have to check out on their text messages. And I try to tell parents, like, you don't have to do any of these things in their face, like, defiantly, like, hey, what's on your phone? I'm going to check your phone. I mean, do it discreetly. Mm -hmm. But, hey, if you're paying for the phone, you have every right to check that. Oh, yeah. Because kids are going to say, there's privacy laws. Go, son. And actually, I had this conversation with one of my children. Obviously, I've already narrowed it down to two, which are boys. (laughs) But I had one of my kids one time was like, and I went, son, I love you. So if you don't want me checking your phone, then you'll have to start paying for your own. Now, if, if you have your own phone that you bought yourself and you paid for your own monthly service. I don't know why I got all Southern there. Yeah. It felt appropriate. Really confused. But if you want that, boy, you're going to have to go get one your own. Because if I'm providing that service, then I have every right to check it. Yeah. Because they're a child. Now, I'm not going to do that with my wife, but with my children? Are you kidding me? Wait, so you're saying if he bought, but if he bought his own, you you would check it? I'd back off 100%. Really? Yeah. No, that's not my right. Now, how many 10-year-olds are going to have enough money to go do that? So you're starting to talk about like a 17, 18-year-old. But honestly, yes, if my 16-year-old was working and paying for their own stuff, absolutely I'm going to back off of that. 100%. Okay. Unless, of course, because if they're still living on my home, I have a whole bunch of other things I can rationalize. Yeah. Uh, I'm providing the roof over your head, yeah. the food that you're eating. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you can still sort of check in, especially if you have a concern. But honestly, though, I mean, dude, once they start hitting that 16, they start driving, and 17, 17 and right around the corner to 18. 
Like I can count like that. 16, 17, <laughs> yeah, and 18. Impressed. So at 18, every teenager knows what at 18? They're adults. They're adults legally. Right. Because there's like 47-year-olds that are not adult. <laughs> yeah. But legally they are. And so they all know that. Hey, can I ask why you're pointing at me when I said there's 47-year-olds out there that aren't yet adults? Um, I just feel like uh, there's a lot of growing up to do in this office. I have a youthful spirit. <laughs> that is what you're dealing with. Well, before we get going too much further, I want to remind everybody that you can go to smallinstitute.com and submit questions for the show that Seth and I love to answer. And we really do, man. We read those as they come in, and you and I discuss it and go yeah. kind of like, what's the best way to help this person? Mm-hmm. So go to smallinstitute.com, and while you're there, check out, become a member. You can do it monthly, cancel any time, or you can save up to 50% if you like become a member for a year. And what does membership give you, Mr. Seth? Oh, immediate access to hours and hours of videos from not only you and Amy, but also your father, Dr. Gary Smalley. Absolutely. And there's some really cool assessments on there, our personality styles and things of that nature that you really love. People love it. So check that out on becoming a member at smalleyinstitute.com. And then we also have coming up on April 30th, only 25 couples. It's a live workshop that we call Reignite Love Talk Workshop. You can register for that. Again, it's April 30th. It'll be from 6 to 9 p.m. Register online or give us a call toll-free, 888-565-6462. So let's get into some of these things. This is, again, from an article that I found on telegraph.co.uk, and and we've got several more uh, tips here on these 10 sanity-saving secrets. And uh, the third one in this series is let children see you put yourself and or your partner first. Now, you kind of had a pretty strong reaction to this one, in, in a good way, but yeah. why would that be important if you're going to be an effective parent, and, and how does this help like save your sanity? Well, I, I was just telling him, Michael, before the show that I don't know even where I learned this, picked up on this, um, but just demonstrating to uh, the, your kids that your spouse takes in their needs and desires take priority over your kids, and they, they see that, they're like, hey... Um, my wife, she's number one, and then you're I a love very you. close second, yeah, or a one B, but she's coming first, yeah. Um, and I, my, I guess my uneducated guess would be that there's security in that, and seeing that this this couple and there's commitment there, and so he sees the kid sees the love for the spouse, and that love will then come down to them as well. Well, and it also, by the way, sets up the power structure in the family. Yeah. So when when your children know, hey. Mommy or daddy is coming first because we're a team. We're together and we're at top. We're on top of the pyramid here of this little family structure. And so it starts with us and then it moves down. That starts to help children know that, okay, here's the structure. Those are the bosses. They have each other's back. And so then we're coming second. Now, and and by the way, it's that does not give you permission to neglect your children. Right. Right. So seriously, though, man, some people really take that to an extreme where the children genuinely feel like unimportant and devalued. And you can't. That's why I kind of jokingly said one A or one B, because it doesn't assign no value to your children. Yeah. They're still extremely important. And, you know, one of the examples they give here is like, for example, you could start by telling young children who interrupt you that you are talking, then ignore them for 30 seconds. Totally agree. You said your own brother. Started doing that with his children where he taught them. Yeah, if, if his kids came up 
uh, to him or his wife and wanted to interrupt, they had to come up and just grab uh, like a piece of their clothing. And so the and not like yank and no, tug yeah, and be ex- distracting, but just kind of lightly just hold, hold on. on. And of course, as an adult, you immediately recognize it's happening. And so then uh, they'd sort of pat him. Exactly. Or go, hey, I well, see you. Just a second. Yeah, they just put their hand on him so that the kid then knows that they're aware and acknowledge. I've acknowledged. And then they get back to him. Yeah, and, and that works, but you don't need to take that to an extreme because if your child comes in and there's a panic or there's an emergency or they're bleeding, you don't go, I'm sorry. I see that your arm is severed, so <laughs> right. please stop touching me with your stump. It's kind of <laughs> bloody, buddy. Right? I mean, that's obviously. But I'm yeah. telling you, man, I've the, the, probably one of the worst extreme cases that I personally dealt with was counseling a couple in Chicago who let their one-month-old, they had read a very popular Christian parenting book that said, let your children cry it out. Well, I they learned the hard way that that doesn't mean you're one-month-old because one-month-olds are not trying to manipulate your feelings. Mm-hmm. And their their child died. So they let wow. that little one-month-old who's just crying because something's wrong, yeah. and he eventually choked himself with, with just all the, yeah, I mean, it was tragic. It was extremely tragic. So this is everything in balance. Right. And yeah. and it's okay. But you know, you also, by the way, as a parent, can't be self-centered. That's not what this is giving you permission to be. Number two is be prepared to be persuaded by your child's point of view. What? This one's gotta be hard. It, you know what? It's not. I'll really? tell you this. Here's what I taught my children. You can always disagree with me with an honoring attitude. That's what my parents taught me. And so as long as they don't like if my kids come at to come at me disrespectfully they're out yeah it, they're, no no i won't be hearing anything so they may have had a very legitimate th- discussion with me but it's over if they come at me disrespectfully or in a right. dishonoring tone but absolutely man you look you're not god okay god is god so you don't know everything you're not always going to get it right and i've had numerous occasions not a ton but i've had plenty of occasions where my children you know who does this the best is my youngest David, the 13-year-old. Really? Man, he is so talented. It's like, dog, child, why don't you be the parent? I'll be the... <laughs> no, but he will, though. He'll very lovingly, if I've laid down a consequence, probably, usually this has only ever happened, when I'm super irritated and already in a bad mood that has nothing to do with him. So yeah. something might happen and I overreact. Mm-hmm. He'll sort of let me calm down. He'll just keep his mouth shut, but then he'll come back to me later and say, Daddy, would you mind, can I can I share something about that consequence or about that thing that just happened? That is how you approach your parent respectfully. Wow, that's impressive. Dude, it's it's brilliant because what it does is it highlights my dysfunction, so now I feel even worse. <laughs> but then you do. You need to – this point is so important because you have to be able to be persuaded by your child's point of view. The author goes on to say this isn't about giving in to nagging, but if your child can give a reasoned argument – about why something should be so, like a bedtime changing, give it a go, at least for a trial period. So your children need to know, I have input in my life. Yeah. And if it's valuable, it's okay to receive it Mm -hmm. because only the wise seek counsel. And sometimes that counselor just might be your child. Well, don't forget, folks, head on over to smalleyinstitute.com. Become a member because if you're listening and you realize you need parenting help, there is instant help available for you by becoming a member at smalleyinstitute.com. We have that Reignite Love Talk evening workshop. It's coming up April 30th. Only 25 spots, so register now online or give us a call toll-free at 888-565-6462. Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you 
by the Smalley Institute, if your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in just two days. It's possible, folks. Your relationship, I promise, it has hope.